Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Untitled Podcast for now. Uh, today we have a pretty good episode for you guys. We're going to talk about the big breaking news that just happened in the NBA that honestly is overshadowing the Super Bowl a little bit, and that's Anthony Davis's trade request. I'm joined by my friends Ibrahim and Abhi G, just like last week, and I'm your host, Ronak Modi. What's up, guys? How are you feeling about this trade? What's going on, man? Uh, pretty interesting and somewhat surprising, but also not surprising news. And uh, like you said, it's it's kind of dominated the headlines ahead of the Super Bowl, which is pretty interesting last couple of days. Yeah, how about you, Abhi How are you feeling about this, man? What was your first thoughts when you heard the news? My first thought was he's going to the Lakers. But um, after doing a lot more research, there's definitely different paths um, Anthony Davis' career could take. So excited to get into that. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, uh, everyone really just thinks at first thought this is like a power move to force the move to the Lakers, right? Because uh, the other like big possible destination right now is the Celtics, and they're not allowed to trade for Anthony Davis until July first because of the whole rule where Kyrie Irving has been given the designated player extension. Uh, it's also known as the Derrick Rose rule because they already traded for one designated player, which is Kyrie Irving. Uh, they cannot trade for another one, and Anthony Davis is a designated player. So until Kyrie, obviously, uh, this contract ends on July 1st, they cannot uh, trade for Anthony Davis. That's, that's, a big, that's a big thing in there, which would make it easier to facilitate, facilitate a trade to the Lakers right now only, not the Celtics, which some are interpreting as uh, why he timed his announcement at those, as that way. But uh, what are you guys thinking? Do you think that he has a good chance to go to the Lakers? I think um, realistically, the Lakers trade package at this time is not the best option for the Pelicans. But that being said, uh, with the report that came out early this morning that he wants to go to the Lakers and no matter where you trade him, he will eventually leave to go to the Lakers. Uh, I think that definitely increases the chances of him ending up in LA. Um, but like I said, it's it's not the best package. Uh, even the Celtics, beyond the Celtics, there's better deals out there for the Pelicans. So I'm still a little weary of if that's going to happen, but it just seems like that's destined to happen with the way Rich Paul and Anthony Davis are handling all this. Wait, sorry. So let me pause you for a second. You think that there are better options out there than the Celtics for the Pelicans to trade with? Um, yeah, I think it, it kind of depends on what the Pelicans want specifically. Uh, I think the potential of getting a player like Ben Simmons from the 76ers, uh, could actually be huge. And I would much rather have Jason Tatum than Ben Simmons. What do you, I mean, I think, do you agree with that? I don't know if the six, will the Sixers give up Ben Simmons? Yeah, that, that's also interesting. You think they'll give up, give up Ben Simmons, Ibrahim? I don't think they will, but I think it should definitely be an option for them. I mean, Anthony Davis is clearly a better player and has a much, much higher ceiling. And him paired with Embiid, I think, is a much, much more dominant duo than Embiid and Simmons. So if I was the Sixers, I would at least entertain that option. Um, and I think Ben Simmons this year has been a better player than Jason Tatum. Uh, whether that's his ceiling or not, I don't know. But right now, he's been a better player. Uh, Jason Tatum has not had a stellar sophomore season, so he's 
still has a high ceiling. It can change, but he hasn't had the best season. And so um, a player like Ben Simmons, who is a little bit more established and has been kind of running the show in Philadelphia, could help the Pelicans more. Yeah, I mean, there is a whole, like, hometown reunion kind of thing. But, yeah, Abhiji, how about you speak a little bit to that, man? What do you think about the whole Ben Simmons versus Jason Tatum? Do you think the 76ers would actually trade Ben Simmons, though? Talk a little bit. I think I think when you, when it comes to Anthony Davis, every every team in the league has to be thinking, okay, I will trade pretty much everyone except for my star player uh, for Anthony Davis. So it's it's definitely I can see I can see them making a play for um, Anthony Davis. But but the thing is, like we have to remember, uh, Ibrahim, you mentioned this earlier that. You know, Anthony Davis wants to end up in LA. And so what if he just, you know, kind of just dips after a year, right? So where does that yeah. leave the Sixers? Um, so it's more about sustainability and making that trade. Um, and so that's why I think the Lakers really have the leverage because no other team is willing to part with their assets for only one year for Anthony Davis if he wants to go back to the Lakers anyway. So that's my that's my take on you know where where he'll end up. Um, I don't, if if that news changes, then maybe other teams will will most likely keep him. It's it's kind of like the Kawhi Leonard situation, right? The Raptors took him on, kind of like okay, we'll we can rent you out for a year and maybe you'll stay. But um, it's still up in the air whether Kawhi Leonard is going to stay. So if that situation unrolls, I don't think the the Sixers are willing to part with Ben Simmons for for just a year of Anthony Davis. Yeah, um, you know that that's a risk, and I agree with that. But I think a lot of teams are looking at what the Thunder did with Paul George because a lot because a lot of teams are like oh the Thunder are getting him for a year and then he's going to L A like I feel like that was a similar storyline right yeah exactly right right that's true and then I, if you surround him with a winning culture then uh, then I think you'll say like like for example if Anthony Davis goes to the Seventy Sixers you have a team with Jimmy Butler Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis that team is pretty darn good so I can't really see myself. Or I can't see Anthony Davis leaving that team for the Lakers because I mean, yes, he gets to play with the best player in the in the world in, in LeBron, but then you look at like some of the young players the Lakers have, right? They have uh, Lonzo, Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, and there's really no guarantee that any of those players are going to turn into an All Star. Yeah, that's that's true, and and that's the thing. I think a uh, team taking a chance on him for one year. Uh, with the possibility of him leaving, if they're good enough, if it's a team like the Sixers where he's in a pretty good situation, or not that I think he will go to the Raptors, but if it were to the Raptors, um, it would take a lot for Anthony Davis to look at his current situation and say, you know what, I'm going to leave to a potentially worse situation in LA in a more difficult conference. Um, when his original reason for leaving the Pelicans is wanting to contend for championships, you know? So yeah, like you said, Ronak, there's no, there's no guarantee that any of the Lakers players will become all-stars, but I do think a core of LeBron and Anthony Davis, you can kind of just put uh, any players around that and you'll find a lot of success. So it's, you know, the two sides have um, good points. Yeah, I mean, another thing I want to pose, just a little quick thing, is that, you know, would you rather play in the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference? Like, he's already tried in the Western Conference, and he got his, he's, you know, 
he just kind of runs into the Warriors and and they and they beat the they uh they play a lot better than the Pelicans, you know. To keep it PG, they play a lot better than the Pelicans. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying is that I, th- I feel like there's the other thing where okay, I looked at the Western Conference. It's it's really hard. What if I go to the Eastern Conference? Where if I join the Raptors, I'll be undoubtedly the favorite to win the conference every year. If I join the 76ers, I'll definitely be, I'll probably be the favorite, not by as much as if I join the Raptors, but I would be the favorite. So there's I don't that. think it's a guarantee that the East for the next five years will be um, as maybe like mediocre as it has been the last five years because you do have the Celtics that are stacked. If Kawhi stays in the Raptors, they're a pretty damn good team. Um, if AD ends up in Philadelphia, that's one team. Uh, the Bucks around Giannis, that's going to be another really good team with a uh, top five level player in the league. And then up until he got injured, Victor Oladipo and the Pacers were playing really well. So I don't think the East, it's a guarantee to just be a bad conference forever. That could change, you know, well, and it could also change in the West. That, that's true. And I'm not necessarily saying that the East is a bad conference. I'm just saying that which conference, like joining which conference would give Anthony Davis the best chance to automatically be the favorite to win that conference because if he stays in the west i don't think there's this, well okay i mean the only team he could really go to in the west realistically is the lakers right so yeah. if suppose he goes to the lakers and they do execute the trade so they do give up some of their young guys like let's assume both ingram and kuzma are gone anthony davis and lebron as great as that is they're not the favorite to win the conference. The Warriors will still be the favorite to win the conference. Like, I guess you don't know what happens with the Warriors, and you can go down a whole, like, different kind of, you know, road of, like, where does each player go? But yeah. if I'm looking at both conferences right now, I'd go to these. That's just my point. What do you, what yeah. do you think about that, Abhijit? Uh, play the mediator between me and Eva. Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, there's these kind of reports going around that if Anthony Davis were to get traded before the deadline to the Lakers, Clay Thompson would be interested in joining the Lakers. But right. that's, so, that's only if the Warriors don't offer him the max contract, right? Correct, correct. And they, the Warriors would be dumb not to offer him the max contract, but um, it's there's still a possibility of another star joining the Lakers. Um, if Because they, they're, they can clear enough cap space with the, the, pe- the pieces that they're trying to move. Um, to bring on another star. So, yes, LeBron plus AD won't really um, do much without another, without a good bench or another star. But if you add in someone, um, another free agent, maybe Kyrie uh, for next season, because you don't know if he's going to stay in Boston, um, that team in the West is looking is looking pretty good. So I don't think there's a there's a right answer here which uh conference you should go to but if i was looking at it from a long-term perspective um i'd i'd probably go to the to the lakers because they have the ability to to get more guys um whereas if you go to the celtics i'm not sure if if that's possible yeah i think that's that's the biggest advantage that the lakers have is that they can clear everything out and if it's LeBron and Anthony Davis, they still have the ability with their cap space and flexibility to put a bunch of other guys around them. And like you said, it could be a third superstar, but it also could be several guys that give them a lot of depth. You know, it could be veterans who shoot the ball well and play good defense that want to play with the Lakers and LeBron James. 
You know, that's that's definitely a possibility. And if the Lakers have 30 or $40 million to spend next summer and they have Anthony Davis and LeBron James, I would think that that's the number one uh, option for almost any free agent on the market. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. It's really not about who they have right now, but who they could get in the future. So that that is definitely a fair point. And that really helps the Lakers because I think they're one of the only teams that has such big cap space after um, after they would possibly trade for Anthony Davis. So uh, one thing I, I want to ask each of you, which team, if you're the Pelicans, which team do you trade with? And who do you try to get from that team? Good question. Um, yeah, if if I'm the Pelicans, I, I mean, yeah, I think I, I wait until the Celtics give me an offer because um, they have a combination of good young prospects and picks. And the Lakers have a couple good young prospects and you know the jury is still out on how good they can really be and what their ceiling is Uh, i think most people would say that jason tatum has a higher ceiling than any of lonzo kuzma and ingram Uh, but the fact that the celtics have first round picks and potential lottery picks in addition to a player like that would be the ideal situation for uh the pelicans yeah I mean, sorry, you think the Lakers are the ideal trade partner for the Pelicans? No, the Celtics would be. Celtics, okay, sorry, my bad. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, Celtics would be the best in my opinion as well. What do you think, Abhiji? Do you agree, Celtics, or would you pick another team? Uh, I have to say that Celtics do have the most to offer, um, but this is assuming that the Celtics... Um, are going to be a destination for Anthony Davis more than a year. So, yeah, Celtics have assets, but I'm not sure if they'd be willing to give him up. But, yes, if I were the Pelicans, I would most likely deal with the Celtics if they were willing to do that. Because yeah, I mean, they're obviously unmatched in terms of their, their assets. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is don't even look at the players. Look at the picks that the Celtics have. Um, yeah, forget the 2019 Clippers pick that they had, man. 2019 pick from Memphis protected uh, the top eight protected in 2019, top six 2020, and unprotected 2021. Uh, 2019 from Philadelphia or Sacramento, they received the most more favorable of Philadelphia's uh, number one overall protected pick, and Sacramento's uh, first round pick protected for the number one pick. So. I mean, they have some first-round trade chips to really play with as well. And I think they have the best assortment of picks out of any team. Uh, Yeah, that's true. Uh, But I think going back to what Abhijit said, and and this is not exactly your question, but going back to what he said is that, is Anthony Davis going to stay there for a year? You know, are the Celtics willing to give up all these picks only to watch their player that they traded for walk away after a season you know that's i think that's what today's report makes this whole thing so interesting and kind of difficult for the rest of the nba is you can give up all these assets and maybe you win a championship but then after that it's that's it you don't have anything to show for it so speaking of uh draft capital uh the knicks 
could possibly end up with Zion Williamson, or could possibly end up with the number one pick, which would be Zion Williamson. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think that's that's another uh, possibility for the Pelicans to to look into in terms of trades. Um, obviously, with the new rules, there's an equal chance for the bottom three teams to end up with the number one pick. So I don't think that the Pelicans necessarily trade with the Knicks specifically. Uh, maybe they wait until after the draft or after the lottery and whoever has that number one pick, if it's the Knicks or um, the Grizzlies or the Suns, maybe they just deal him to that team um, and end up with the number one pick and a couple other assets that those teams can provide if it's the suns the suns actually do have quite a bit of players and you know it it was suck for anthony davis but this is kind of the position he's put himself in and and that would i think be the ideal um or best possible outcome for the pelicans yeah i mean also then the next thing comes in where if it's the grizzlies or the knicks who are picking number one they have basically nobody other than anthony davis slash the number one pick, right? So Davis wouldn't stay there, and they would have traded the number one pick for nothing. Do you agree, Abhijit? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I also don't... Yeah, that, that whole first pick is, is not very reliable. So yeah, like Ibrahim said, probably wait till that pick is decided. And even then, what are the odds that, that player becomes better than Anthony Davis? Uh, not that high. So, like, for the, for the Pelicans, it's probably better to get, like, sorry, not even that. Like, what are the odds that the, that player is uh, better than a combination of, like, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Gordon Hayward? So, yeah, I, I, it's hard for me to see them doing that with the Knicks or whatever, wherever that pick goes. Yeah, I mean, if, 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 you're, if you're the Pelicans, uh, I, I really don't, trade with any other team other than the Celtics or the Lakers. I mean, even then, I'm almost willing to say I wouldn't trade with any team except the Celtics. Like, no one else can offer as much as the Celtics can offer, in my opinion. Um, like, and, But and also, the, you know, this is the other thing with the Lakers. There's a lot of pressure on the Lakers to get Anthony Davis because, you know, right now it's Paul George, strike one. Kawhi Leonard, not looking very good right now. It's looking like if he goes to L.A., it'd be with the Clippers. So almost a strike two. And if they don't get Anthony Davis either, that's strike three, man, for Magic Johnson. And I know you're a big Lakers fan, Ebo. So what, what do you think about that? Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that Kawhi Leonard is a strike because it's not like he was in the free agent market and has chosen not to go to the Lakers. And if I remember correctly, that report way back in, in July or whenever it was that he wanted out of San Antonio, I don't think it ever specifically had just the Lakers. I think there were several teams, including the Lakers, but it was mainly just wanting to go to LA. So I don't I don't know if Kawhi Leonard is quite a strike. And again, um, it's still the middle of the season, so we don't know where he's going to go. But you're right. The pressure is on Magic Johnson. And um, with how the Lakers have performed this season, it's it's been kind of up and down. So uh, probably not ideal for LeBron to be out of the playoffs in these valuable last couple of seasons of his career. Um, he didn't come to LA to, to not make the playoffs. Right. So uh, yeah, I think, I think that kind of puts them in a position where they have to offer as much as they possibly can. Uh, but 
if I'm the Lakers, I do it. You know, Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, Hart, Zubac, they're all pretty good players. They're good young prospects. I, as a Laker fan, believe in them. I think they'll be good players, but none of them come close to what Anthony Davis is. Um, that's just a reality. And if you get a player like Anthony Davis, like we were talking about earlier, that opens up the opportunity for other good players to join the team. And having a core of LeBron and Anthony Davis is enough. Two stars is enough to make you a top three or four team in the league, especially two top five guys in the league. Yeah, I mean, the only uh, pick they really have to trade are their own picks, by the way. But I think they would probably trade uh, two first-round picks. They'd probably have to trade two first-round picks along with uh, Kuzma and Ingram and possibly also Lonzo to get that deal done. Do you agree? I do. I do. And and that still may not be enough. And that's probably still not quite as enticing of a package for the Pelicans, but um, that could be enough to, to get the deal done. But, uh, you know, if, if they, if the Pelicans feel like the pressure's on them to make a deal uh, before the trade deadline, which I don't see why they would, but if they do for some reason, then yeah, he goes to the Lakers, but if they can wait it out till the end of the season, um, till the end of the playoffs really would be, uh, then yeah, the Celtics provide a much, much better option for the Pelicans. Yeah, straight Anthony there's Davis. absolutely no reason that the Pelicans should, um, should even consider trading Anthony Davis anywhere until they see what the Celtics have to offer on July 1st. I think we're all in agreement on that, right? Yeah. So name name your favorite dark horse destination for Anthony Davis. Just like a team that no one's really talking about that you think that not a realistic chance, but let's say like greater than 5% chance that he could go to that team. OBG? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to have to go with the Raptors. Um they're a contending team, like you said. Uh, he would he would like to join. Um, they do have great young talent that they can offer up, you know, like Siakam, Ananobi, some picks, um, and their GM, forget his name, Masai. Yeah, Masai Ujiri. Um, yeah, he he's been known to do some some wild stuff. You know, he picked up Kawhi basically as that's a risk, right? Um, and if he gets a Davis this year. And they make it to the finals. Um, I, I'd say that 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 is putting them in a chance to win a championship. You know, with Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, and Anthony Davis, um, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty solid group. So I wouldn't count out the Raptors actually accepting this trade if it were to go through. Oh that, yeah, that's a key I mean, part. They yeah, would definitely accept the trade. But with the Pelicans, yeah, I mean, no, but some 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 teams won't because they know he'd leave. That's like, true. Oh, that's, give up our young no, guys. Th- that's a fair point. I mean, if yeah, exactly. Like some teams wouldn't even bother trading for him, even if they could, because they knew he would just leave. That's true. But uh, and also as far as picks go, the Raptors uh, don't really have any extra picks other than their own. Um, they are trading their first round pick uh, to San Antonio, top twenty protected. Uh, FYI, Ebo, what's the dark horse destination? Do you think that? Uh, Anthony Davis could go to. I have two two teams actually. One I think oh, two for one. You know, and this obviously isn't um 
a high chance, but I think the Blazers would be an interesting team. Uh, they have a couple of good guys, CJ McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, Evan Turner. They have a couple other younger guys that they could throw in there. They don't have any picks, but uh, what they do have is they can offer, and I don't think many teams can offer this. They can offer players that uh, are established NBA players that you know will give you really good production. I mean, CJ McCollum, you know exactly what you're going to get. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, you know exactly what you're going to get. Evan Turner, even Seth Curry to some extent, you know exactly what you're going to get. Um, and they have playoff experience. They've played in the West their entire career. And so a team like that offering up a package to Anthony Davis, uh, I don't see it being the most enticing package, but it, it could be an interesting one. And then another one is the Bucks, who, according to a report, are willing to trade every single player except Giannis on their team. And I just think that's pretty interesting because they have, I mean, they have the best record in the league. Um, they have some pretty good players on their team. No all-star level players other than Giannis, but they have some pretty good players. So them putting together a package and trading for Anthony Davis would be interesting because um, a duo of him and Giannis could potentially uh, dominate the East this season. And maybe that's enough to change his mind and stay in Milwaukee. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, that's other other thing uh, that we'll get to later about the whole Supermax and what that means for... Because uh, the, the next big Supermax guy is going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo. So we can talk a little bit later about uh, what that means for Giannis that uh, this is happening with Anthony Davis. But just one thing I wanted to add about the Bucks, uh, They're going to have no first-round picks to add to this trade if they were to try to do it, which is already highly unlikely because their 2019 pick first-round pick has uh, gone to Phoenix and their 2021 first-round pick is Cleveland. Uh, has gone to Cleveland and they can't trade a uh, you can't trade two first round picks in a row I believe so they oh, really? won't be able to take their 2020 pick. Okay, interesting. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, my team I would say is uh, I mean, you guys have told me what you think about this one, but it'd be the Denver Nuggets. Uh, okay, they could trade away Jamal Murray. They could trade away Gary Harris. Um, let me look up what picks they have in the meantime, but. Uh, yeah, Gary Harris plus Jamal Murray. So you have basically, oh yeah, the draft picks aren't looking very good. The 2019 one is gone, their first rounder. Um, so maybe they could trade it. I think it's three. You're not allowed to trade three first round picks in a row or something because of the Nets. Remember what the Nets did with the Celtics guy? Yeah, I, I think it might be two actually. Uh, but yeah, it's either two or three. Yeah, so then they already had their 2019 first round pick traded. So then they won't be able to do a 2020. So that makes them less attractive as well. But just for the sake of, um, just for the sake of uh, hypotheticals, imagine an Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic front court. That'd be pretty fun. I just don't know how great that fit is. Oh, um, really? You don't think it'd be fun? Yeah, I mean, it'd be fun. I think but you don't they're think both really good. good players. Yeah, I think they're both really good players individually. Um, and the way Jokic fits with the current Nuggets team right now is is great. But them two together on the court, I just I don't know. I don't see how they can both um, thrive in the roles that they're comfortable in um, without having another elite ball handler uh, on the team, which they would not have. Yeah, yeah, no, that that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, I, I just thought it'd be uh, it's interesting, right? Because the Nuggets no, are yeah. a team Definitely. similar to uh, you know this is kind of. 
the the management they have in place now is kind of similar to the old management they had with Masai Ujiri, where it's a team that really is always, you know, calling the phone lines and always ready to make a trade at any point. Yeah. And they yeah. do, like you said, they have a couple good young guys that um, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, a couple other guards that they drafted in the last couple of years that are really good young prospects. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I would obviously take any Lakers offer over the Nuggets offer just because of the whole picks thing. And also um, the Lakers giving up Kuzma and Ingram is, is, I don't know. I think, do you think, this is an interesting point. Do you think Lonzo, Kuzma, and Ingram together, or would you take Jamal Murray and Gary Harris, OBG? Uh, so, sorry, let me repeat that. Yeah, it's uh, Lonzo Ball, Al Kuzma, Brandon Ingram on one side. Or Jamal Murray and Gary Harris on the other side. Which uh, which one would you take? Yeah, I'd definitely take uh, Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. Really? Um, like not even close, even though you're getting three players? Not even close. Uh, yeah, Lonzo, Lonzo has, has upside. Um, Kuzma, we're, we're, we're kind of seeing what he is. Um, he can improve. I don't see... Brandon Ingram is iffy to me because if he's used properly, he can be really good. But I think he's being used badly by the Lakers right now, which is why he's not doing so hot. Oh, but, yeah, well, I mean, Ebo's a Brandon Ingram truther. So do you have anything more to right. add about OBG or should <laughs> take it away? No, I'm, I, I'd say I'd still take Jamal Murray um, and Gary Harris because the, they're just elite shooters. And in this league, you need you need you need people that can shoot really well. So, um, I I take them. Yeah, I mean, I say Jamal Murray's a little inconsistent shooting, but I I definitely see, see his potential to shoot the ball. What about you, Ebo? What do you think about that? Uh, Lonzo Kuzma Ingram versus Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. Yeah, obviously, I'm I'm biased here. Um, I I would take Lonzo Ingram and Kuzma over them over Jamal and Gary Harris. Is it a landslide? Are you in the it's pretty close. No, it's definitely okay, close. Okay, I think fair. Jamal Murray and Gary Harris are good the other players. two in the landslide. <laughs> but, uh, it's close for me. It was just okay. You just don't like the and, Lakers, and, I understand. And to, to Abuji's <laughs> point, I, I totally agree that the Lakers are not using Ingram correctly. And if he is used correctly, he can be really, really good. It's just a matter of a coaching staff or team doing that. Um, and I think that's that's been his biggest problem so far uh, this season is his fit with LeBron and the way he's using the offense. Um, but yeah, I, I I personally think that he has higher ceiling than both Murray and Harris and Lonzo and Kuzma. Yeah, it's just a matter of using him correctly. Yeah, I mean, one further thing I want to add uh, before we transition to another discussion is I did I was just looking through it really quickly. I I, I would say the only out of the all the front runners, right? Uh, so like the Lakers, Celtics, basically just the Lakers and Celtics. Uh, the the Pelicans probably are looking the most at uh at the Celtics just because uh, Gordon Hayward is the only guy that uh that is an All Star player that that has made an All Star game before that is uh in any of the uh, possible teams that are that are trading with the uh, Pelicans. I believe Gordon Hayward is the only All Star whose name has been floating around. I think it's there's a pretty high chance that Tatum makes an all-star team. But yeah, that's that's true. There's, yeah, there's no other actual the same all-star. Package, but yeah. yeah. I think the whole thing is like the Pelicans could sell to their fan base. Oh, look who we're getting. Like, at least Gordon Hayward, like he's an all-star. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. 
So, I mean, so the more interesting thing with the Anthony Davis uh, trade request is I think it kind of signals a complete failure in the Supermax rule, uh, which is supposed to help hometown teams uh, like keep their, their superstar players because they can offer them more money. So uh, this is actually instituted in the summer of 2017. Uh, and it allows teams to offer players coming off their first contract extension, uh, a.k.a. Uh, a player entering, entering their eighth or ninth season in the NBA. Uh, it lets them offer, uh, offer those players a huge sum of money. And uh, I believe... I'll look at the exact numbers in a second. But uh, this was in response to Kevin Durant leaving the Thunder for the Warriors. And to qualify for the extension, you have to have made the All-NBA team at any level either the previous season right before the extension or uh, two of the previous three seasons or you get Defensive Player of the Year uh, the season right before signing the extension or two of the previous three seasons. And, uh, or, sorry, or you were named NBA MVP at least once in the previous three seasons. So uh, that's kind of the criteria for being given the Supermax. So I just kind of want to hear you guys' opinions a little bit because I'm super anti-Supermax. Uh, I think it's a really dumb solution. Uh, and I think it's, it's hurt. I'll get, more, get into this more later, but I think it's hurt the hometown teams more than it's actually helped them. But I wanted to hear your thoughts on the Supermax. What do you guys think about it? Yeah, I think it's pretty interesting that if you just look at the last couple years, um, I mean, just last year, Kawhi Leonard, Eligible for the Supermax, he requests a trade. Obviously, Anthony Davis. Uh, I don't know if Paul George was eligible for the Supermax, but he also requests a trade. Uh, LeBron James, he was eligible for the Supermax. He leaves his hometown team. So there's been a track record of players that are eligible for this contract being unhappy in their situation and deciding that an extra two or three million per season is not worth it. Um, to lose in the playoffs or to not be on a team contending for championships. And obviously that wasn't the case for LeBron, but um, that's kind of a unique situation. So I agree. I think it really has not done any good for hometown teams. And these high-profile examples of MVP caliber players like Kawhi and Anthony Davis and to some extent Paul George uh, not wanting to be on their team anymore has kind of – uh, messed that up for small markets, and those all three of those players were from smaller markets. Um, so it's as a player, I can totally see why you'd be willing to leave a couple million per season in exchange for uh, trying to win a championship. I mean, that's if you're a player of that talent, that's kind of a no brainer. Yeah, um, Abhi what do you think about the rule, man? I wanted to. Or the extension. What do you think about it? Yeah. Um, it, it's becoming a lot more interesting when you're starting to see that, like, uh, these players don't really care too much about um, money because they're getting endorsement deals from their shoe deals and, and whatnot. So losing... Uh, in a seemingly significant to us amount of money, um, but to them it's it's not it's not as important, um, and as as maybe winning a championship uh, or making that money somewhere else, like from a shoe deal, 
um, but being happy in another situation. So this actually, yeah, like you said, it's actually going against um, what Supermax actually intended. Um, that was to keep big names and small markets. Um, it's actually opening up talent to come to these large markets that can afford multiple uh, max deal guys like the Lakers um, or the Celtics, I guess, uh, with, with their assets, um, things like that. So, yeah, I, I don't know how um, the NBA could fix this if if that's possible. Like, like what rule changes do you, do you guys think could, could maybe, like, um, stop this from happening? Yeah, but then at the end of the day, it's like it's the players' rights to, to go kind of where they want. So it's, it's, it's kind of hard to say what's the, the line between a player deciding his own career versus what the league, uh, what's best for the league, you know? So it's, it's kind of a tough, tough situation. Yeah. Uh, so by the way, I, I just got the numbers on this. So over the next six years, uh, Anthony Davis can earn $266 million with the Pelicans. But if he just signs a series of shorter deals with the, whoever signs him or whoever trades him trades for him, he would uh, get a projected uh, two hundred fifty two point three million, which, which honestly like fourteen million over six years, um, it's not that much. It's not that much, especially when you're talking about over two hundred fifty million dollars. So that's that's why I'm saying it's just kind of like this whole supermax thing is is pointless. So my solution that I was alluding to earlier would be to be able to sign players to a uh, to longer contracts. So instead of the whole like more money thing, you could sign somebody to like a ten year deal. After uh, like you you could sign someone to like a ten year deal with similar uh, conditions about the All NBA team or whatever. You should be able to sign players to a ten year deal or or basically a longer term deal. That way, it's not just players bailing as soon as, um, as soon as they're about to like get the supermax, or as soon as they're about to become a free agent. If they want to bail on the deal, you're going to trade them with a lot more years left on the deal. So now it's not a situation where teams are out of the trading market because, oh damn, I don't want to trade for Anthony Davis uh, because he's just going to leave my team. Like now, that's not even an option because Anthony Davis can't leave for another four years. They signed him to a ten-year contract. So now at least if the player wants to leave, the team can say, all right, well, you know, we're trading you where we want to trade you. And so now players will think twice before signing a longer deal as well. So it's not like the ball is completely out of the player's court. What do you guys think about that suggestion? Yeah, it's a pretty interesting uh, suggestion. I think that's kind of similar to what happens in baseball where they sign players to to eight to ten year deals and they get paid a lot of money, but they're there in one spot for a really long time. And if, if uh, they want to leave, then the team at least gets something back. Um, and, and I think just in addition to that, another interesting uh, rule change would be uh, kind of like what the NFL does is if a team does lose a player through free agency, then there is some type of compensation that they would get in return. And obviously with there only being two rounds, that's a little more difficult to do. But I mean, just to use the NFL example, if you lose a player that you drafted in the last four years to free agency, then you will get a 
if they were drafted in like the fourth round, then you'll get like a fourth round pick or, or something along those lines. Yeah, where the max and, pick is the third round compensatory selection. Yeah. Right, exactly. So if there was something that could be adapted to the NBA to follow that, where if the Pelicans lose Anthony Davis to free agency in 2020, if they never trade him or, or whatever it is, at least they'd be compensated somewhat and they have something to show for it instead of just uh, a player leaving and then that's it you're you're kind of lost with nothing you know yeah yeah exactly um that's that's my thoughts exactly is that it just kind of sucks for the team um but on the other hand right you have teams that have given players a super max extensions and uh right now the deal for john wall is uh not looking so great (laughs) you know what i mean what do you think about john wall obg right now he's injured but he was given a super max contract and the wizards are kind of in salary cap hell because of it yeah, I think that um, this this might be like just totally based on feeling, but I feel like the players who accept the supermax are either players who um, are know that their team is is going to be successful. For example, like like Steph Curry and James Harden. Yeah, I agree. Right, or players that no, they can't go anywhere better. Uh, for example, like John Wall um, or Russell Westbrook. I don't think they would have gotten uh, a deal anywhere else. So it's it's kind of like, it's well, sort of like selection. Deal, sorry, by not getting a deal anywhere else, you mean not getting a deal anywhere else that is better than their current situations, right? Correct. Yeah, I agree so, with that. So it's it's kind of like selection bias where like they know that they're not going to be as good. So so those players are typically like it's basically a bad deal for for the franchise because they're self-selecting against leaving. Yeah, right. I, so, I 100% yeah. agree. And I think that another thing you need to add See, I'm a big like uh, I feel like some NBA franchises are just downtrodden, man. Like no matter what uh they're gonna their people their players are gonna leave uh, whether that's a yeah. management problem or like a small market problem or whatever i just feel bad for them and i want to give them some power that's my that's my opinion so i think there should also be uh zach lowe suggested this on uh, on uh, his podcast actually that there should be a 15 year uh one-time amnesty on a super max contract from your salary cap so that's you can just once every 15 years only you can just say, okay, I gave this guy super max. It was a horrible idea. Please give me amnesty. <laughs> Take this off my salary cap. <laughs> well, it's interesting because a couple of years ago, after the lockout, they did have an amnesty rule. And it wasn't it wasn't to like a super max or max player or anything, but it was um I don't know what the exact restrictions were, but it was you can amnesty one player from your team. You can release them and it's not going to count against your salary cap. And this is following the lockout. And I think that's actually a pretty good, I don't know how it would work with the Supermax players, but I think it's a pretty good idea because it just kind of gives the team a chance to, to do over, you know? You make a mistake sometimes, or if you're in a situation like the Wizards where you kind of, if you don't give John Wall that contract, then you're just going to be a bad team, right? Um, but if you give him that contract, they can still kind of compete for a playoff spot in the East. You know, they're still mediocre. So exactly, it, yeah. It, yeah. they're kind of in a tough spot where the Wizards, what are they really going to do? You know, what are they going to do uh, with John Wall? They're not going to just let him walk. Um, but he kind of 
salary cap wise screws their team over. So that's that's a cool idea. The, like another thing that I kind of thought of is that like the parity in the league actually contributes to people not accepting their super maxes. If that makes sense. If there's a lot of disparity in the league, of course players are gonna leave bad situations to go to a better team or to join other superstars to be able to compete. If there if competition was truly equal for each team, wouldn't you see players staying in their situations more? Yes, yeah, so you're saying sense. players are leaving because there isn't parity in the league and they right. are trying to join other players, other big good players to Say, hey, now, how about if we all join in LA, we'll compete with the Warriors, et cetera, et cetera. That's what you're saying, right? Right, right. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. That's why players leave, is because not every team has an equal chance. Like, stars have to pair up or triple up. I think another um, interesting rule change to this whole Supermax thing would be for the NBA to eradicate max contracts altogether. Um, and I've, I've kind of seen this thrown around a little bit online. and. I don't know all the details and all the consequences of that, but um, if if max contracts were not to exist at all, then I think that kind of levels the market for free agents. And there's not a certain number that they're going after. It's kind of just, all right, now teams can evaluate players based on their value versus everyone else. And that at least sort of makes it easier for teams to say, Okay, I'm not going to give this player who I drafted and, and is now asking for 20 million a year because I can go and get another player who produces at the exact same level and he's willing to take 12 or 13. Um, and so I think that would kind of it could help with this where a, one player is not taking up 40 percent of your salary cap. Yeah. If you want to play, if you want to pay him that much, sure you can, and that'll ruin your team. But if you don't want to pay him that much, you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the thing is, is that like sometimes you want to keep players, but not exactly at the prices that the CBA dictates. And I think that the whole like CBA using a percentage of the salary cap or like or like uh, some percentile of the top something percent of the players at, at his position. Uh, yeah. When when you dictate things by percentages, you kind of you uh, you eliminate a free market, so to speak. And I think the best way to do free agency is a free market as. Uh, as kind of the NFL shows, in, in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's that's exactly what I was taking it from, where the NFL does not have maximum contracts. They have a hard salary cap. And I think out of the f- four major sports leagues, they probably have the, the best parity out of all four. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it also has to do with the NFL's like year-to-year injury and, and all that. And the hard cap is something that would never get passed in the NBA. Um, it would just wouldn't even get on the table it'd be thrown right off by the players union yeah that's true they wouldn't take that but it could help the league exactly maybe it could help the league maybe it won't help their pockets in the short term but it could help the league in the long term yeah what do you think about uh, ibrahim's idea uh of kind of making the free market again yeah so a few questions on that so if you got rid of the max how would you distinguish players like distinguished talent it's like like this player deserves to be paid more than this player etc uh well i think that's where it comes to how do you as a general manager or front office value that player um do you value lebron james enough to pay him 
fifty million dollars a year? You know, is Steph Curry worth fifty million dollars a year, or are you going to tell Steph Curry, "No, I'm going to pay you twenty five, and that's it"? You know, so, so it, it kind of just yeah. So then, but then players would just look at what other players are getting and be like, "Well, I'm worth more than him." pay me at least this much, otherwise I won't come to your team. And doesn't it come to that same situation? Well, yeah, I mean, but it becomes a free market as opposed to it being like, okay, I have to pay this player this much if I want him to stay for my team, or else if I don't give him this contract extension that has to be exactly this amount of money, then he automatically becomes a free agent and some other team is going to get him, right? Because... Oh, uh, I see what you're Okay, yeah. I guess you, I guess you. So it just, it's just about not dictating the amount of money you have to pay the players. It's saying, right. okay, you know what? I'm not comfortable with giving you the $40 million you're asking for. How about you go onto the market, and because an, another team is only offering the player, like, hypothetically, oh, now the best you got on an open market was $30 million. Okay, I'll pay you 35 There we go. You know what I mean? That makes, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of... It's, it's the structure of today's NBA, right? It's really the whole can the homegrown teams keep their players? And the next big, I think, player that we're going to be talking about the Supermax with, he plays in a small market. I already mentioned this earlier in the podcast, so you guys have probably guessed who I'm about to talk about, about, to talk about yeah. and that's Giannis Atentacumpo playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. Long time away still. I think it's in 20... Is it next year, actually, that he can be on? I think it might be 2021. Okay, okay. That some year uh, in the future, but what, what do you guys think happens with Giannis? Really early prediction. What do you guys think happens? Early prediction, I think he stays in Milwaukee for the foreseeable future. WG? Uh, yeah, I know he's talking a lot about winning here and now with Milwaukee, but I think with time that changes. I think I think it depends on who he has around him, but I strongly feel like he's going to leave. Wow. So, so that's, that's kind of two polar opposite takes, huh? One guy thinks yeah. he's going to leave, another guy thinks he'll probably stay. It's interesting. Well, I, th- I think the, the advantage that Milwaukee has right now, which is different than what, for example, Anthony Davis is in, is that Milwaukee right now is the number one seed in the East. And... um if they play to their potential, they can at least make the Eastern Conference Finals. And they're, if they come back with the same team, they have a great coaching staff, obviously Giannis is a great player, then they can kind of do that again the next year. And so in 2021, three seasons from now, if Giannis is, has been on a team that's made the playoffs for the last five years and has won you know, 50 to 60 games for the last three years and has made it to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple times. I mean, is there really that much better of a situation that you could go to, right? I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty successful stretch, right? That's a fair so, point. That's a fair point. And and that, I yeah. think that's also the reason that right now I lean with the honest staying with the Bucks. But um, yeah, I mean, OBG, you obviously don't think he'll stay. So uh, counter that point, I guess. Yeah, I think it's. If I were to bet, I'd bet him leaving because that's just a lot more possibilities. Um, but I think that we don't know what the market's going to look like or what the Bucks are going to look like two or three years down the road. So I, 
just for that reason alone, I think it's more likely for him to to, to seek out other options. Um, if the Bucks are currently in are two years down the road, the same situation they are now with probably better pieces around them um, as a number one seed in the East. I, I don't see it, but that situation is not super likely. So based on that alone, I, I think he's, he's going to leave. Cool. Yeah. I mean, this is a, it's definitely interesting to see what's going to happen with Giannis. And uh, it's definitely going to see, it's interesting what's going to happen in the future. Uh, with this whole super max thing and how teams decide to approach their star players, but uh, one thing's for sure is that if if you're a Pelicans slash uh, you know back in the old days a Hornets fan, you feel pretty sad about how what's happening with all your star players. First Chris Paul, then Anthony yeah. Davis. It no just kind of seems like no matter what happens, the New Orleans basketball team just cannot uh, seem to keep their star players. And and to be fair, I think some blame has to go to the front office though because if you have two players with that level of talent and you know chris paul they were a little bit more successful but uh the pelicans did fail to put really good players around anthony davis you know that that is kind of a fact and in the last year or two they've they've put a little bit better of a supporting cast around him but i mean he's been in the nba for seven years now and i don't think he's played besides with DeMarcus Cousins for half a season with another all-star, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough when you... Uh, it's tough. The Pelicans definitely didn't, you know, make the most of the time they had with Anthony Davis, and that's why they're losing Anthony Davis. Simple as that. And that's going to conclude the podcast for today. Thank you guys all for listening. For Ibrahim and Abhijit, I'm your host, Ronak Modi. See you guys next time. All right, man. Thank you. See you later, bro.